Emma here, the persistent giggle behind Julie and Nick. A brief disclaimer, Nick and Julie are coming at you slightly edited but not censored, so if you're opposed to a bit of lewd language or a moderate amount of cursing, you may not want to proceed, but we hope you will. This is the first episode of many, many takes all over the place, so please pardon our editing dust, such as the random appearance of the movie Debs, and thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the takes. That was perfect. Amazing. Hi, this is Nick. Hi, this is Julie. And welcome to Takes All Over the Place. And on this podcast, we're going to discuss a lot of things that just uh, are whimsical explorations of our own crazy minds, uh, including hot takes, gay takes, obviously, and... Um, take it or give it? Take it or give it. Um, which is, you know, right after gay takes, but like, <laughs> if you perceive that in a certain way, that's on you, and we're excited to have you, because that's the kind of energy we bring. And that light, sweet giggle in the background was producer Emma. <laughs> Say hi, producer Emma. Hello. Together we create the greatest triumvirate since ancient Rome with uh, decidedly less corruption <laughs> and murder. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's an important part. Here we are. So our inaugural episode is coming right at the end of 2019. So producer Emma suggested we talk about our hot takes from 2019. Hot takes. So... My hot take is this has been a real shit decade, and I have not enjoyed many aspects of it, but I've also found a lot of joy, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of growth, and a lot of gay music. So my personal song, album of the decade, my soundtrack to my 2019 is Art Angels by Grimes. So Grimes had this amazing album in 2014, and it's just like pure pop perfection. It's just the amount of experimental amalgamated with just like traditional pop. It's fucking great. Since that came out, she's said that everyone um, sort of misrepresented her and misconstrued the message. And she says that it's a stain on her life and her career. <laughs> um, but ignoring that fact, because like, whatever, such a great fucking time. What are you? Do you have any uh, big musical moments of the decade? No big musical moments. Okay. I'll Not have to think about Alexis. that. No. La, 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 la. A little bit of Alexis. So open up to pay for that. So that really does lead into my hot take of 2019, which was my happiest moment of the year. Yeah, I took a turn and got real sad real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Did we tell you this podcast is about, like, optimism and idealism <laughs> in a Trump but world? But it's earned optimism because Ooh. we've both been through some shit. Trademark Emma Cotter. Right, so back to my happiest moment of 2019. <laughs> so 2019, I was late to the party, but I found Shit's Creek. And the love between Patrick and um, David is, like, overwhelming to me. And so the moment that he takes him... Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Shit's Creek, travel ahead here. Um, <laughs> carries him up the mountain. He goes to tie his shoe, but he's not tying his shoe. He's proposing. Um, and then David, in all earnestness, says, Are, are, are you sure? I mean, it just broke me wide open. And their love on TV is like the happiest moments, the truest love. It's made me super happy in these really dark times. And I watch it repeatedly alone by myself with snacks. But it still works. Sure, 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 sure. Because the best way to 
taken any content, I believe, is alone. Um, because <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and that's what brings us together today, because um, alienation from the outside world allows you to truly disconnect and delve into these lives, of which the shit family is, like, the purest moment. And so I would second that. I agree. I think that we will be covering Schitt's Creek in its final season starting in January. Just at least, it'll probably be a hot take for me because they're so important to me. So I think we should do a little predicting about like, or what we want to see have happen. Sure, 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 sure. Because I want them to get their money back, but that's because I'm poor. Yeah. I mean, it could ruin them forever, but I want that for them. I don't (laughs) want them to have to rot in that apothecary with 90 bottles of the same hand lotion (laughs) that 12 people can't sustain them buying. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Especially when the hoodlum kid's stealing them oh my God. by offering compliments to David. <laughs> and you know and that that would totally work on you at any time. It's Sleepy B. I'm guessing people can rob you blind by um, being and like, they have. your pants. And they have. I've been grifted <laughs> before. So, But during that part about their scenario, did they also say, you know, you're really handsome or we really like your boots? Because the grift really worked because they were complimenting David yeah. at all times about his sweaters. And- well, they did. They were talking about how much of a lifesaver I was. And I was like, I'm essentially an emotional EMT. So, yeah. <laughs> so what do you want to have happen? And shit's great. Okay. Thank you for refocusing me. <laughs> I, okay, so historically, whenever there's a situation where they could either have a life lesson that makes them richer emotionally, or they can get their wealth back and whatever TV trope, I'm always like, get the money. Get the money, ho. Get the money. So I think it'd be interesting. I don't know that that's the direction they're going to take, but I too would be interested in seeing them get their money back and like, Maybe with the lessons they've learned around, they're gonna like put it back into the uh, the town, help enrich that life. I don't know. I just want to see more David and um, Patrick, and I also want to learn more about Alexis's music career, <laughs> and I want more songs, way more songs. And the crows have three eyes to come out. I want that to turn into just like the Avengers of Shit's Creek, <laughs> where all of a sudden she's catapulted back into stardom. I also want some fruit wine um, yes. to make a reappearance, because that was like, that was a Vitamite of Vegemite moment of Shit's Creek. Like, Lucy, uh, Lucy from the I Love Lucy. Yes. She had that, she was, you know, drinking Vitamite of Vegemite for some sort of segment, and it had alcohol in it, so she's getting progressively drunker as she gets it. And then she loses her ability to speak coherently. And towards the end, it's just like, and it's hilarious. So what would you like to happen? I don't know. I want them to get married. I would like them to get their money back. I was like, what do you mean you don't know? You posed this question. I know. I said I wanted them to get their money back, but I know that that's only because I'm poor, not because they are poor. They're rich in love. And that's nice. I explained to you about the instability of the apothecary, as gorgeous as it is. I do not think it is a sustainable they don't even have brooms and plungers in the front. Like sure. they, they just have hand lotion and lip balm, and there's only that many people in the town. You're right. We can only su- suspend our disbelief for so long. Where How are many the domestic can the Jazzagals take to the apothecary to get shiny lipstick for their next gig? It's just not feasible. No, but I, you know, I want them all to end happy. I'm fine with a totally happy ending. Yeah. I have to say that I think that show is so smart in that when you found out that Patrick had not come out to his parents. I thought it was going to be another chance for David to pout and just be annoying. Yeah. He wasn't. He was, like, so awesome and understanding, but not in a not-David way. It was not insincere. I love that moment. I thought that was such great and such a surprise, so I have no idea what's going to happen. I, I like, whatever's going to happen, I feel like they're going to kill it. Um, 
because so if it ends badly, Game of Thrones, it's gonna be really hard. It is. It is tough when that when it ends badly. Because we were just talking about, um, and it, well, I was talking obviously about endings that I've had difficulty with, and like it's when super lighthearted, heartwarming shows decide to do something super serious in the end, like Will and Grace with that whole bullshit situation, or like Chuck. Um, for the seven people, including myself, who watched it to the end, <laughs> that had a super shitty ending, too, where it was just like, I mean, it's fine to just own the fact that it's, like, lighthearted, feel-good comedy, and there's no reason to ruin that with some sort of, like, I'm, I went to art school, and now I want to create some sort of series finale that's, like, deep. Yes, but as we know, Zach Levi has now ruined everything by becoming the Shazam guy who is eating only, like, pills and working out constantly. Yeah. And, and now he is, you know, I started my own company, I'm no longer depressed, all I do is work out, which led us to... Is that your Marvel voice? <laughs> yes. <laughs> which led us to Camille and Johnny today in his Superman fucking post uh, And whether or not he and Emily... Like, okay, this has never happened in my lifetime. Maybe it has for you guys. So, marrying Emily, he's batting up right she obviously married down he was like schlumpy and he seems kind of depressing and whiny and like a nerd they did the um uh, x fail no that movie was great they did the x files podcast together he does a gaming podcast with her so but she's a therapist she has a phd she's super smart so i felt like he was batting fighting above his weight right and now shaboom catapults (laughs) shazam if you will cut as a mofo yeah um, um, millionaire um. Dave Batista's best friend. Yeah. Bye, sad, sad Emily with the disease. No one would still tell us what it is. You know what I mean? Like what? I mean, really? Have you ever dated, seen people and there's like a fat person and a thin person? And then as soon as that fat person loses the weight, you're like, yeah, I was only with you because fat me liked you. Skinny me's got to go. Yeah. Like I can do better than this. Yeah. I feel like typically though, men, once they get their shit together, the woman or partner that they were with up until that point suddenly becomes secondary and they're like, okay, I'm a transformed person. Let me try to find someone who's in my sphere now. And it's like, you can die. You can literally die if that's your perspective. I know, but they're like one of my favorite married couples and like I, that I don't know very I feel like you're being honest. <laughs> but you spent some podcasts with them. I spent lots of podcasts with them and they <laughs> he is like, for lack of a better term, totally whipped. Like he's not allowed to talk about work yeah. after a certain time. He's not allowed to communicate this. There are very clear boundaries, air quotes, sure. rules for him to follow to make their marriage happy. And then I feel like, well, I got to go spend three hours at the gym. I don't really have time for your nonsense and psychotherapy. I feel if any couple is going to pull this transition off, it's that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just feel like because I didn't listen to their podcast. I don't know much about them, but I feel like the fact that he has such fealty to his wife and the fact that he respects and understands the terms of, of him in this relationship means that it's probably going to work out. But those were all pre-hot rip body Kumail. I mean, honestly, if he leaves her... The only way I'd find that to be okay is if he leaves her for me. <laughs> because I saw this all over Twitter today, and I was like, Hamana. I know, he's even oiled up in them. Like, it's a lot. I know, but it's it's such, like, it's so subtle that it looks like his natural sweat, that it's just like, he's glistening. It's going to be a lot. We're going to stay tuned. We're to keep up on this. Oh, 100%. I've already set up, like, a Google alert for <laughs> whenever new pictures of him show up. Um, because I'm in for it. I'm in for the entire ride. Have we had a take that wasn't a gay take yet? <laughs> um, I feel like it's sort of like the six degrees of seven Kevin Bacon. Um, but for like everything's gay. It's like you use that logic, everything's gay. And it's really just two degrees. You can make anything gay within two degrees. 
Give me anything. I'll make it gay within two degrees. Milkbone dog biscuits. Milkbone, bone, who you boning? A guy. Who are you? A guy. Guys having sex. Gay stuff. I think you got there in like two moves, really. I mean, yeah, I, I sort of like extended it a little bit, but no, those two moves. Milkbone. And then, you know, some gays are into that, that, that dog play stuff, which like, live your life. <laughs> Where it's like, you're just like a master and a pup. It gets rough. I mean, like, live your life as long as it's consensual, but also, uh. (laughs) (laughs) I have difficulty with that one. Wow. (laughs) That was a lot of education in a very quick manner. I've been on the internet for a very long time. I used to AltaVista Spice Girls and Spice Girls Nude when I was four. Um, so I've seen a lot of shit from a very early age that's made me a little desensitized. Nudes. Um, because I wanted to see Jerry Hollowell naked, and I did, because she had some photos. (laughs) Fame. I can tell you how many minutes I've spent on the internet looking for nudes. Zero. Seriously? Zero minutes. No. I have near. I, I don't want to take off my clothes. I don't want to see you without your clothes on. I have no interest in seeing anyone naked. At all. If there's like a makeout scene in a movie, I'm like, this is an intimate moment. Why am I here? <laughs> I don't enjoy that. I certainly don't want to watch people having sex with each other. Whoa. <laughs> So many nakedness. Yeah, this is the part where the roads diverged, and I took the sure, one sure, less sure. traveled by, and you took the gay porn butt plug dog tail thing, <laughs> and I was like, what's happening? I Why mean, are all these people naked judging each other? A lot of people traveled on that road. Um, yeah, I just was real horny from a very young age. <laughs> I know, my parents were not religious, so yeah. my mother was raised Catholic and my father was raised Jewish, and then my mom's a Buddhist, and my dad thinks he's Native American, but you can't just, like, become Chinese, so... <laughs> I don't know how that works, but he believes in Native American spirituality. Anyway, I wasn't raised going to church or temple or any of those things. But somehow, and hold on, I'm about to talk about periods. Um, when I As was, if that bothers me. When I was nine, I got my period. Sure. And I said to my mom, oh no, that could have been a baby for Jesus. And she said, huh? And I said, it could have been a baby for Jesus, which I think I learned off of Little House on the Prairie, which is why I learned all of my morality things. Sure, 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 sure. So, for my entire, like, 9 to 13, I had to stay home whenever I had my period and apologize to Jesus and cry all day because oh I God. felt so bad that I didn't have a baby friend. Oh, I know. you chose that. <laughs> From, like, first of all, the impact of Little House on the Prairie. Deep. Michael Landon, deep. Yeah, yeah. Like, deep scars. Have you ever seen Little House on the Prairie? I'm guessing. Uh, no, I'm glad because, like, God... I, so they were like this even longer to come out. happy pioneer family, right? Like super inclusive, disabilities, people of color. But whenever the show would go down in the ratings, they'd burn someone, you know, or light a fire or blind <laughs> a daughter or rape someone in the woods. Oh so it, like you just be like, oh boy, I want to live with mom, pa. And I, oh shit, that girl's blind now in the house. <laughs> oh, the baby died in a fire. And it was all, I found out later, it was up against like the love boat. And so whenever the ratings would go down, they would just have some sort of tragedy. And this poor girl gets raped in the barn by a guy with one of those clear masks that's like, <laughs> oh my God. I know, that's terrible. <laughs> That didn't happen in the books. No, I never read the books. <laughs> well, how long did I it air? Read the books. Oh my god, centuries. It was like <laughs> nine or ten years. Do 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 do. Gay take. Gay take. Gay take. Gay takes a big decade. Um, within the decade, I came out as gay. So I feel like that's the gayest stuff of all. Yeah. I can't believe. It. So, but I know, isn't it wild? Um, it took. Forever. You've Cons- been gay your whole life. I've been gay my entire <laughs> life. Just like even when you were looking at pictures of Jerry Hollowell naked like that. <laughs> I don't know. I was just very curious, but also very gay. Like when I learned how to swim, 
I um, spent most of my time in the locker room showers, just like looking at dudes. So like I've known for a very, very long time that I am homosexually inclined, but I felt like I had to go through like a requisite straight phase initially. And I was in that world for a while. And then contemporaneously, my OCD got like out of control in 10th grade, which is like, you know, the sexually formative years when you're going through puberty and shit. Um, Once again, not for the person who never takes off their clothes. Well, okay. 10th grade. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 10th grade is like when, you know, you're going through puberty, hormones are raging, you're like exploring things for most people, but not all. Everyone makes a choice in their lives. As oh, like, you're, so you're saying you being gay was a choice in the 10th grade? That's more of the story. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Gay is a choice. Yeah. That's our um, No, I just grew gays. a little flustered when there was such a breeze coming from your shaking head that I was like... <laughs> I was like, I feel like Mariah Carey. I um, didn't come out officially to my family until 2015, right? Smack dab in the middle of the decade, um, and it was at Sleepy Bee Cafe, which I don't know because like I built it up at so for so long that like okay, well now I have to come out, and I like finally got through all my straight stuff, and then <laughs> all that, <laughs> all that goodness, um, and then there was the OCD contingent where it was like I feel like I'm not in the direction I'm supposed to be on anyway, and then you're conflating that with your sexuality, and it's like I have all these things that I feel like I have to do or I should do or I haven't done, and then. I got prescribed medication, thankfully, and then I was like, chill, 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 chill. Um, I'm gonna live my truth. My truth is that I'm a raging homosexual. <laughs> so I always knew that my family would be accepting, but like, there's some, I mean, it just becomes such a personal experience where it's like you have to get through your own mental roadblocks and all those obstacles before you're just like, fuck it. So, um, yeah, midway through the decade, I came out to Emma and my mom, and then I came out to my dad that night. And, uh,. She's been living my gayest life ever since. So that's my gay take of the decade. It's me. I'm the gay take. <laughs> Emma has just pulled up a copy of Deb's. I highly recommend you look it up. I don't know what Deb's stands for. It Is it an acronym? Like spy kids. It does look like it's lesbian like, spy kids. It's like lesbian spy kids. Uniforms. Yeah. Um, I just know that Sarah Foster is the hella tall one, and she's married to Tommy Haas, who is a tennis player. And yes, tennis is my... German. Wow, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw him play at um, the ATP. What? So back in the day, not a, this is a straight take. Hope you're okay. But back in the day, <laughs> the ATP at in Cincinnati, there was no bathroom in the men's locker room. So for the professional tennis players to go to the bathroom, yeah. they had to use the public one. Wow. So I would just stand outside of it and be like, Hi, Pat Rafter. Nice to meet you, Merit Sappin. I'm like, go Gustavo Kirtan. I mean, I would just like literally stood by the bathroom for hours just meeting all of the oh tennis players. Oh my gosh. We're so similar. We are. So then, well, I'm just going to go on a tennis step for a minute. So sure, I was sure, in sure. love with you. Great coming out story. We're all proud of you. Loves you and accepts you for who you are. So, um... <laughs> I was in love with Gustavo Kirchen. He was a Brazilian tennis player. Super sweet. He had a really nice groan. Uh, I loved him. So he, but he was a clay court specialist. Since then he's a hard court. So he's never won any hard court tournaments. He won like the French Open like three times. So he came here and I was like, I'm going to learn some Portuguese to speak to him because obviously that's how we're going to make this happen. Right? So I have no friends in like real life at this time. It's like me and Guga in my imagination. So I go every day and I just sort of circle. I have like a ticket up in the nosebleeds, but as soon as the match starts, I just sort of find my way down to the bottom and sit in the front row and yell out things and Portuguese. Oh, Brigado, blah, blah, blah. Ah. And then I find the Brazilian contingent and I go sit with them. Hey, hold up the flag. Ole, 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 me. So I like love him. 
So I go every day, right? <laughs> so then it's the Friday night of the tournament and a storm comes, like a really bad storm, electrical storm. We're all in this tent and they say, the cords are uh, electrical and alive and the water's seeping into the tents. Please get on the tables. <laughs> now, once again, I've told you I have no friends, right? So I'm alone. So I turned to this couple from Michigan. I'm like, hi, I don't know anyone. I think we're going to die. Can, can I get on this table with you? And they're like, yes. So I get on the table with them. I cry. I had to use the payphone to call my mother. I'd be like, man, we're going to die. So then anybody who had parked in the, in the real parking lot, their car was completely covered in water. Now, me being like a sneaky Pete had hidden in the VIP parking where I don't belong because I'm a sneak. <laughs> and so my car was fine. So I go home. I'm like crying. I'm living in an apartment above my mother's at this point because no friends, but I have a job. And um, <laughs> the next day is the final. And I'm like, I can't do it. And I go. And my mom's like, if you can go, you can go. I'm like, that's right, mom. I can't. <laughs> so I go and I watch the finals. It's Tim Henman and Gustavo Kirchner. So I'm like, Melting, I'm so excited. Gustavo wins. It's like his first hardcore tournament wow. ever. And he comes over and he says, Do you want to, you want me to sign something for you? Because he's seen me every day. See Portuguese. <laughs> By the way, I'm like 100 pounds heavier than I am now. And I'm like, You know, I don't need anything from you. Parabens. And I walk away like thrilled to the lifetime. And I just like go home high as a kite. And he never won another hardcore tournament ever. Coincidence? I think, I think not. I think not. <laughs> I think not. So that was my brush with fame with Gustavo Kirchner, wherever you are, I love you still. Honestly, that was my David and Patrick. That story right there is my heartwarming love story of the decade. It's like, it's hard for me to pick which part of that story is my favorite, but it's trolling the men's restroom to gain glimpses of stars, and that is just like... Also, Tim Henman was playing, and I loved the difference between like a British fans. The Brazilian fans were like, if Google like wash his racket off they'd be like whoa and Tim would would win a point but not like strong and they'd be like come on Tim <laughs> poor Tim he just never got any love the fucking anguish well first of all the British press is just obscenely critical Breathless. like I'm a pretty critical person but they're next <laughs> so can you imagine on. yeah so my real gay take was how many super gay podcasts I listen to that bring me so much joy yes it's just a true story. Sure. Homophilia, I absolutely love. Keep It is one of my favorites. Um, Las Culturistas, anything to deal with Drag Race. I mean, I don't know what it is about RuPaul's Drag Race. It's controversial. It has its problems. But when I'm having a shitty day, I just want to watch Katya and Trixie do something fantastic. Yeah. They bring me so much joy. I can't stand it. So that was my <laughs> gay take, is that the gays have brought me so much joy in 2019 and in the decade. But Trixie and Katya... Man, they're funny. They're like, well, then. <gasps> Did it, you see that documentary? I have not yet. Sorry, I cut you off on Andy Murray. Back to that. No, you're no, 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 fine. Thing. What I was going to say, oh, since Drag Race, nearly all of Drag Race has been within this decade. Yes. I think it, it started in like 2009, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what is your you're favorite? You're very date oriented, and I am. Which, like, like typically I have no not. Idea. But it's we're on a podcast now, and so I have to get my shit together. What was your favorite season of Drag Race? That's what, how can I pick one of my children? Like, are you kidding? <laughs> you like, I know everyone hates season seven, but that's where Trixie and Katya came from. Yeah. Uh, season six, Bianca, Adore, Courtney Act, I'm in. Season eight with Bob. There isn't one I don't like except like 10 and 11, but I guess a couple years from now, I'll still love them. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch season one. I'll watch season two. I'll watch Untucked. I do not care. I will watch Review with the Jew with Miss Cracker. I'm down for all of it. I do love Review with the Jew. And I was be surprised when Miss Cracker left to, um, who, Flaily Legs. What's her name again? Cameron Michaels. <sighs> we should think with her legs and then... I know what you're talking about. I do not enjoy Cameron Michaels. <laughs> I know. And, and for the same reason I don't enjoy Miss Cracker, there is a facade that you just can't get past, ever. And so it never comes out on stage like, woo. That we, season was a wreck, though. Who should have won? Aquaria? 
Eureka. Although the best moment ever, Eureka is pumping like a giant split. Do you know who Eureka? Mm-hmm. Oh, here it is. So she's in this giant split thumping on her pussy. And here comes little tiny Aquaria across the screen <laughs> in her little, like, pretending to, like, give a hand job. And you're just like, what is that? It's like a giant elephant queen and this tiny little person. Yeah. They're both terrible. And you're just like, why? Why is that? Well, I do feel like throughout the course of the seasons, they've gotten, I mean, the budgets for the screens, you talked about, like, I mean, Miss Cracker talked about how she got literal loans. It's just, like, I feel like there's such a stratification between, like, the whimsy and sort of, like, the, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Where it's just like, you know, you make drag and it's super like rustic and salt of the earth and you're like creating things and now it's just like all of this fucking fanfare that feels disconnected that there's all these fucking levels. And it feels less authentic. But that's why UK was kind of cool because UK those people are poor cool. as shit and yeah. they were still super fun. And that's what I love. It's like, it should be more about the personal talent and how they can make it work. Um, <laughs> now we're cross promoting with Project <laughs> All the fucking gay takes simultaneously. Um, so true. Tim Gunn, gay, never had sex. So, but like Gunn, your- perhaps part of my tribe. He's never had sex. Yeah, with yeah. anyone. Can't get that suit off. Well, sure. He's very, he's very tight laced. Are you watching the newest Project Runway? What popped up one way? No, no. I Christian seen- Siriano is maybe two feet tall, and Carly, whatever her name is, seventeen feet. Ray tall. Jepsen. Because no. that's a gay take that I will be behind 110% <laughs> always. Carly Kloss, is that her name? She's a super Carly Kloss, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they like have a thing with Taylor Swift. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does she? She, so they were, oh my god, you haven't heard? V take, so, hate Taylor Swift for the passion that will not die. Sure, and that's fair. So, <laughs> Taylor, it's like, live your life. I'm, I'm pretty, no, I am pretty ambivalent about Taylor Swift. Um, but she and Carly Kloss were hella good friends supposedly had a fallen out because she has some sort of connection to Scooter Braun who recently bought yes, all no, no, of yes. Taylor's masters, which shitty. Um, um it's fucking you, right? <laughs> it's fucking you, Taylor Swift. It's fucking you. Regardless of the content of her music, she still wrote the music. Some of it with other people. Okay. I'm sorry that you signed a contract where you didn't own your, your music straight out. That's yeah. not my fault. It's not your fault. These music producers are terrible, though. Who's the guy who, like, is Kesha's producer still and, like, raped her and did all these other things? Like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. And, like, on, like, our first podcast that we trialed that maybe will never air, I talked about... You know what? I think one day it will. Maybe the end of this one. It'll be be on Earth. Yeah, maybe it will. But I talked about my love of Kim Petras. Yes. And dovetailing into the horrific Dr. Luke. Dr. Luke. um, He works with Kim Petras. And they're, you know, so now I don't know that I can love and adore Kim Petras because she's associating with someone who raped Kesha. And she's like, he should no longer have a place with the music industry at all. Or in society, he should be imprisoned. And just, you know, the beauty of Doomy has uh, taken on a really rough connotation now knowing Dr. Luke had a hand in it. Is he really a doctor? <laughs> Can you get that back check, please? That's it's the hottest Dr. take Luke. of all. Was he a doctor? Why did Emma have to come up with the hottest take of all? Because, like, she's Emma. She sneaks in for the win all the time. She does sneak in for the win. Um, but no, he's not a doctor unless he has a PhD. He's, like, one of those people who's like, I have a PhD, a pretty huge, you know. 
Oh, really? We're pussy and Moby Dick's dick? Pretty sure I said Eureka pounced on her pussy, so I think we're I'm okay. literally self-censoring for sponsorships. I want Pampers to sponsor us. I think we're going for, like, the cupboard, maybe. Sure, sure, sure. I don't know what the, the cupboard is. is. No. Oh, my God. We'll have to take you. We'll have to go on a road trip there because I won't be able to handle it. It's What's like a sex shop in Clifton in the short vine. Oh, it's been either. there since forever. Yeah. Okay, Sarah Bogarts. Okay. No, we should like, absolutely have a trip there. Totally. <laughs> It'd be a great podcast while I just go, I'll be over here. I'll be over here. I'm going to be over here. What the hell is that? If we ever go into vlogs, I feel like that'd be amazing. Because for someone who has an aversion to watching people, fictional characters, make out for their jobs. For money. money. Why is that not sex work? I mean, come on. First of all, legalize all sex work. You know what? Agreed. But I was just thinking, I do enjoy watching Patrick and... David kiss, but they don't like, la, 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 you know what I mean? They're not like yeah. going to town on each other. But it's also refreshing because there's so much heteronormative content that's thrust down your throats. Um, pun intended. That felt like an attack. <laughs> not on you specifically, but, um, <laughs> society just on straight people in general. Um, no, but it's just like, it is refreshing when there is gay content totally. because it's just like, Amazing! I can totally relate to this, and not to the fact that you have someone who loves and appreciates you in a romantic capacity. That is v distant from my current life, but just seeing it is super fucking heartwarming in a way. Agreed. And today is the day that Hallmark reversed their decision because the million moms, who's actually like four thousand people, it's ten. It's really like four thousand. It really is like four to five thousand people. Is it really? Yeah, they just called themselves the Million Moms. Whatever. They reversed their decision, and they're going to let the quote unquote lesbian wedding kiss. Yeah. Which, like, the, the damage is already done. The gays will never forgive. Well, but oh, there's not one person of color or yeah. person of any sexuality besides heteronormative in any Hallmark movie of any kind. Like, there'll be a swishy guy in the back, but he still has, like, a, a wife, you know? Sure. They Hallmark is family values. It's fucking family values. Goddamn. Back to RuPaul's Drag Race. Sure. When Trixie, when they um, were picking dancers at the end of All Star 3, and he's like, please don't give me Brandon. Please don't. I can't dance if it's Brandon. Yeah. Like, he's like, Brandon, nice to meet you. I have a lot to offer. I'm a really good person. That's exactly where I get it. Verbatim. Yeah, 100%. No. <laughs> Most of the content I provide is just something that I've heard in passing from a TV show and have used as my own. All right. I feel like we are headed into our third. I want you to pick your favorite season. You have to pick a kid. From RuPaul? Yeah. Then it's seven. Seven. Yeah. Because Katya. Because Katya and right. Trixie and who actually won? Violet Chachki and Pearl and Ginger Minge. Yeah. That is a sleeper season. I don't know what everyone's problem is. I think Violet Chachki's fucking hilarious. Violet Chachki is great and... Oh my god, I hate Max so much. No offense, Max. <laughs> no, no problem. Tempest Azure <laughs> comes in and pretends to birth that baby. It's ter- Is that the same? I don't know. It doesn't matter. They all bleed together. Um, I did What's your favorite season? Mine is probably season five. Who won season five? Jinx? Yes, and I love Jinx. And I think that, I think a lot oh, of people Jinx, say, Alaska, Alyssa, Detox, thank fucking you. Roxy. It's a great one. It's a great season. And it's everyone's favorite. I'm not trying to be a renegade. I'm just trying to speak my truth. And my truth is season five is exceptional. What was your favorite moment, Roxy? When you were in the bottom two? What a fucking bitch. She was a fucking bitch. And she was still a bitch when she came back for All-Stars. Which is why one of the greatest moments was when Katya said, I think of you all the time. At the bus stop! Because <laughs> uh, Roxy Andrews was left at the bus stop. When by she her was, mom. By her mom. Abandoned. She and her sister brother. It's it brutal. was the best read ever. Yeah. 
Um, and she's like, I think of you in the morning at the bus stop. He's like, too soon. She also broke down on the stage when she was talking. She was everybody thinks I'm so strong and I'm so weak. And you're like, yes, yes, you are. Yes, you are. And that's the only reason that we had, you know, a double sachet you stay. Because, yeah, the wig reveal was amazing, but then she did nothing for the rest of the song. Meanwhile, Alyssa is having full-on convulsions. Like, she went into an epileptic fic because the lights were flashing too rapidly. And she worked it out. I watched her show on WoW Presents today, all three episodes of Alyssa Raw. And I was just thinking, how much is pain... Is it porn? No. <laughs> Did I watch it? No. Context clues. I got it. It's her at Pride. It's her at some other parade. Whatever. She's hilarious. But I was thinking that in order to fix her teeth, you would have to break her palate. Yeah. Because that's, her overbite is intense. Yeah, yeah. And how much that hurts, because I know someone's had it done. Would it alter enough to do it? Because like, she is fever chucking. It yeah, is yeah. a lot for her. She's no. gorgeous. Well, she is ten times the woman I'll ever be. She is gorgeous. Well, no, but when, I think that you start to not be able to eat after a while when your teeth don't line up like that. As someone with a lot of mouth issues. Oh um, my God, I've had a root canal on every single tooth. <laughs> you're turning into me. Anyway, back to you. <laughs> Have you had a root canal? That's amazing. Um, this is my moment. <laughs> this is your moment. moment. Yes. Um, no, I was just being a petty bitch because that's my brand. Um, but no, I have a very small mouth uh, because of TMJ, so I cannot open it. Um, seriously, this is as wide as I can open it. <laughs> For those of you who can't see it, it's just think pathetic. It's V-sad. It, you could fit, what, a clementine orange in that mouth? Not like... Not a whole one. No, I'd have to cut it up first. Do you know how you eat a sandwich? I lodge... The do you know t- how you eat a sandwich? Do you know how to eat a sandwich? Let me tell you. One bite at a time? Um, do you know how I have to take the first fucking bite? I have to lodge the top part of the sandwich into my upper jaw, hinge it down like a fucking fulcrum to get the other thing, and I just sort of like shimmy it back in. <laughs> Side note, we're not eating meals together. <laughs> no one should ever Don't have... Don't get a sandwich! No one should ever have to eat a meal with me. Um, mm-hmm. Well, because I, I was literally in physical therapy for it. Um, I only went to two sessions because as I'm literally taking a tongue depressor and just, like, wiggling it between my teeth, we've got these massive men with ACL tears, like, doing this super <laughs> excruciating and things. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sensing a lot of tension. <laughs> I feel like... We can only have two Nick... Medical stories? Per... Per episode? Yeah. I mean, even if we had... Seems like a fair situation. Right? I, I agree to those terms. But also, even if we had ten per episode, I would never run out. Right, because we'll always get new ones. And there's that many <laughs> in the backlog. I take it. I give it. I take it. I give it. Okay, so what are you taking or giving? No, you're going to start this one. Did you? Um, you no. just really good at it. <laughs> I give it, like, I leave it, like, goodbye, right? To, like, all the negativity and all the buying into all the nonsense, right? So, like, the reason that we started this podcast, in my opinion, I came to you and said, let's do this, is because it felt very dark and heavy in America in the last couple of years, for me personally. And I've changed my job because of it, and I've changed my life because I don't want to be a part of things that are bringing people down. I want to create good ripples, and, like, I think you're hilarious, as and we together we're pretty funny sometimes. So we wanted to like raise the energy on the planet, right? Yeah. So I'm like giving it all that stuff that like we've been in terrible times before. Maybe not us as a generation, but if you look back to like the civil rights movement 
and before that and slavery and all that. So yes, right now for me, if I think about it, it's overwhelmingly sad and I had no idea America was like this and blah, blah, blah. And all that's true. But we also have the chance to like lift up the darkness, look into the light. We get to also focus on drag race and silly stuff and being friends and connecting with people. So I'm giving all that like darkness to the side and we're just gonna like hang out and crack each other up hopefully. 100%. I have been laughing audibly. The thing with it's a stretch. The thing with Julie and I is that <laughs> I tend to not uh, emote or laugh unless it's at myself. Um, and Julie is hilarious as I feel and I have not been as audible <laughs> with my exuberance and joy to the words that she's speaking as my as I feel. <laughs> you set my brain on fire with joy, but that doesn't always communicate to a hearty chortle. I feel like we have had competing snorts tonight and that telling the difference between our voices, number one, yeah. second, our snorts is going to be really hard. Be like, Who snorted who's snorting? It? Yeah. It's like, that could be our next game. Who snorted? Who snorted? Ah, amazing. <laughs> um, no. So obviously I snort a lot because 80% of my body mass is my nose and hundred. already decided on two maladies per Are episode. you saying my nose is a malady? I'm just saying you it's my physical features. 80% of my nose, my life, my body is my nose. Please ask permission before you quote me. And you can't open your mouth because of the TMJ, so... That's two! What was the other one? <laughs> um, I think we talked about some OCD earlier and possibly something else. Okay, well, we have to separate <laughs> between physical and mental. Oh, so you get two of each? Two of each. Okay. I feel like that's fair. You're fine. Um, no, I 100% agree. I feel <laughs> like... Emma, the referee, is giving me a maybe, maybe not. <laughs> no, I... I'm just going to let it come up organically. No, like... This um, this decade, going back to that very <laughs> thin I structure, it. I give it. I take, I take you. It. I, give I give it. it. No, going back to that very thin structure we had is like you know the decade in the past, which we like loosely touched on briefly before just talking about whatever the hell we wanted. I thought the assignment was the year. I thought it was the decade. Either way, nobody cares. No, but within this decade, um, like 2011 particularly was like the personal nadir of my life. And it's been sort of a recovery structure since then. And one of the great joys of recent times is getting to a point where I have a super great relationship with my sister now. And meeting you has been absolutely wonderful. And having a forum where we can just talk about whatever the fuck we want and bring joy and bring light, but also talk into how we've earned this optimism and the shit that we've gone through and getting to this point. I feel like it's necessary for perspective. Um, and also, I want a lot of fucking credit for saying that super heartfelt passionate piece while both of your eyes were rolling. <laughs> I think that we should, if you don't mind, bring up the spoon theory. Let's bring up the spoon theory. You told me about it. It rang so true for me, and I think it's just fascinating. So I would like to give that to everyone as we head into 2020 sure. as like a coping mechanism or a, a gift. This is the gift we're giving. I think we should give for 2020. So the spoon theory, and I don't know a lot about the origin, <laughs> so I'm not an expert, but um, I did read about it on Tumblr, I believe, because after they got rid of all the gay porn, what was there left? And so I found this nice infographic on the spoon theory. And it was originally because um, of people who suffer from chronic pain illnesses, but I found it super resonated with my mental illness. And it's that you only have a certain amount of spoons to give throughout the day, and certain actions require you to give more spoons. So let's say waking up is one spoon, going to work is two spoons, having a conversation with a person could be seven spoons. At a certain point, you've exhausted all the spoons from the for the day, and there's nothing more you can give. And that's why we both 
have the same sort of situation where it's like we'll remove ourselves from social situations be alone in our houses watching the two people make out i'll be staring at it and you'll be averting your eyes but we're replenishing our spoons but we're not together i think you made it just sound like we did that together <laughs> no, no no we do it we separately are alone. no 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 we are we are very alone uh, yeah, so it's it's something that resonated with both of us, and it's just that, you know, at a certain point, and I brought this up, we recently went on a family vacation to Washington, D.C., and, you know, the amount of suppression of, particularly for me, with my OCD symptoms, and just making it through pretty basic functions requires a great amount of effort, and eventually I'll run out of spoons, and I can't put forth any more energy beyond just trying to maintain my equilibrium, and... At a certain point, I go into the negative where I've exhausted my ability to speak or go anywhere. It's just like there's nothing left. I've been tapped. And I'm one of those people that needs to decompress outside of any sort of pressure, whether it's conversational or work or anything else. And I need to be alone in order to regenerate. And that's what happens when I run out of my spoons. Thank you. And all of that I agree with. But also there's a way it's a detaching kind of thing. Like it's instead of saying... What's wrong with you, Julie? Why are you so tired? Why are do you need to go be by yourself? It's like so freeing to just say, I had this certain number of spoons and they're gone now. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong. That's just how I am. At the end of a class that I've taught, all my spoons are gone. And for other people who teach, they went and gathered spoons, right? So like, there's nothing wrong with me and right about them. It's just, I'm out of spoons and I did the best I could. So I get to go home and not beat myself up about it. So it was really freeing for me to be like, wow, I only have two spoons left and I have so much left to do today. How am I going to make this work? Yeah. Can I take away of like refreshing myself in the moment? And I wish I could recharge. I think the truth is I can't recharge with other people around. Yeah. And that's just a fact. And that's just how it is. And that's something that and you luckily sh- I live alone. So I don't have to tell anybody to fuck off. Cause I can just go, Hey Julie, let's go watch TV. And I go, great idea. Amazing. I don't talk out loud to myself very much, but it will happen. Whatever <laughs> makes you feel better. No, I feel like there's, well, we that's in- not true with killing people. It just makes you feel better. The answer to that is no. All right, just say family values, and I'll know everything I need to know about you. I feel like there's a certain societal expectation that we constantly need to be giving, and we constantly need to be doing, and it's very difficult for other people to understand anyone's journey. And so it feels like a super easily digestible way of explaining, this is my current situation. Because it's almost like a personal indictment when you can no longer give anything, but that's just the truth. Some people are extroverts, and we live in a very extroverted world where it requires a lot of energy, and the people that function in that, great. But a lot of us do not, and a lot of us are constantly sapped from the moment we leave our house. But I think that anybody that knows both of us in our professional settings would be like, oh my God, Nick and Julie are so funny. They are both can hold the attention. They're you know engaged and alive and all those things. And then you're like, well, actually, I'm an introvert who needs to spend quality time by myself. Yeah. People are like, no, you're not. You're like, yeah, yeah, I am. And then they there's the pressure and the coercion to continue. And it's like, oh yeah, we want to go out to dinner. We want to do this. I'm like, oh my God, hell no. I got to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. I need like more hours on the couch than you can imagine. Yeah. To like function. And there's, I mean, there's a certain level of guilt that I don't feel as much anymore, but I used to, where it's like, I feel like I should be able to give this level of Nick or this persona that people yes. have come to appreciate and respect. and Expectations. Like, exactly. And then I can't give that. And like, if we went to dinner when I have no spoons left, you're going to be like, who the hell are you? And I'm like, welcome to my, to the inside of my dark mind. And people are so disappointed. I went to a birthday party this past weekend with a person who was giving the party, who was always disappointed at the lack of spoons that I bring to a social event. But I'm yeah. like, I know it's important that I be here, but this is who you get. Like, yeah. I've been teaching for four hours today. Uh, I work with kids with special needs. I have to really focus. I got to, like, 
be there. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I got nothing for you, and you need to tell me like how I need to just smile more. <laughs> you know what would be great if you just smiled more. I'm like, is it? Is that? You is know that what, what would you be need? great? You just need to let people love you. I'm like, that's two, one more, and I'm standing there with an ice pick. <laughs> Right? She goes, you need a hug. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, so, I'm just going to leave you with one little lesson, friend. I love when people speak in I statements. I don't need you to tell me what I need to do. Not only now do I not have spoons, I only have knives. Right? I was oh my God, I was oh about to say the same thing. Knives out, motherfucker. Oh my God. <laughs> Which, did you see that movie? No, it was It was good? so good. I'm an oh. I just saw it. It's so good. Um, I'm going to Mr. Rogers. Knives out. Let's be real. I'm not going to any of those things. But I mean, I live in walking distance to a movie theater. And sure, I've sure, seen sure. Zero movies since moving there. See, oh no, Brittany runs a marathon. I saw one. Homework. Homework. Yeah. So one of the things we're trying to try is that, in the interest of like expanding our lives and getting to know each other more, we're going to give each other some homework of things to watch. And like, your eyes are going to eject from your face. Like, you're you're like, them at me. In order to get to know each other better, we're not dating. Like, we're not going to. Is that not where this is headed? Because I am disappointed. As long as you don't mind if I keep my clothes on and we bring a man for you to have sex with. I was like, as long as you don't mind, I'm going to be having sex with a man. Like, it feels like a perfect partnership. All right, so your homework is to watch Britney Runs Marathon. Okay. I think you'll really like it. Okay. And the guy who plays Minnie's brother on the Minty Project is in it, and he's great. I love him. Anyway, what's my homework? Who's the Who's the brother? Her brother, he's supposed to he be a scientist, to be and he ends up being a DJ, and he's like living is with her Is he for the a guy while. on Atypical? No. Have you seen Atypical? Of course. Okay. And mm-hmm. love Atypical. Atypical is fantastic. Yeah. It's really good. This right. last season was heartbreaking, but yes. I did not finish <sighs> the last season. Oh. Well, the sister in real life came out as non-binary. So. I did see that. And um, I'm surprised that of the three main characters, in my estimation, like the um, <laughs> names elude me at this moment. Me too. His and the friend is- and the sister. It's like the guy with autism is the one who is not gay. That's the one that surprised me. Because I first grew to know and love him on United States of Terror, which is an excellent show. Have you ever seen that? I have not. Then that is your homework. Oh, God. Well, you can't make me watch an entire, like, 14 seasons or... Um, it's only four. Okay, I'm giving you a one-hour and, like, 22-minute movie. And can I, do, I... Can I watch, like, three episodes? Yeah, you can watch three episodes. That's is it Tony Collette? Tony Collette, yes. Whom I adore. And she's oh. also in Knives Out. Muriel's Wedding, one of the best movies of all time. So fucking good. If I ever change my name, it's going to be, like, Julie. Like, she changed her name to Mariel from Muriel. They're like, Mariel, yeah, I'm in trouble. It's like, it's Mariel! <laughs> and Rachel Griffith suddenly becomes par- paralyzed. That movie's insane. I love it. It's, uh, first of all, Rachel Griffith. First of all, the, first of all. First of all, being born in Porpoise Spit. Ashton, life is against you. Ashton, first of all. Takes all over the place. 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 What? Takes all over the place. What? Takes all over the place. Takes all over the place. Takes, takes, takes.